Amen, amen. Thank you, band. Give them a round of applause. Appreciate you guys. Love it, love it, love it, love it. How you guys doing? Wow, that was real, real solid. Like, I said, how you guys doing? Thank you. Appreciate the answer. Appreciate the feedback here. I'm here for you, man. Like, so I spent my morning at uh, UCF uh, celebrating Oviedo's graduation. So that was fun. Got a chance to uh, celebrate a lot of our students as they walk across the stage. I know a lot of them have like graduation parties with their families and stuff tonight. So I know we're missing a bunch there and that. But um, this Friday, I'm going to Winter Springs graduation. I think I'm hitting up uh, Circle Christians graduation Friday night. So like, as a youth pastor, this season of like graduations and all that is like one of the most crazy and insane schedules uh, that I get to endure. Uh, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love what I get to do. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, most of you do. My name is Daryl. Uh, I'm the student pastor here at Cross Life Church, the the high school, technically. Uh, but we are so glad you're here with us. If you're watching this online because you can't be with us right now, we're so glad that you're tuning in. If you're watching this on delay, uh, come back with us. We meet every Wednesday night. Um, we, we would love to hang out with you guys. But this is our last normal Wednesday before we hit our summer schedule. All right? So I want to encourage you guys to make sure that you're here next week, but also I want to encourage you to invite everybody you possibly can to be with us next week. All right? So we have our summer kickoff party out back behind the hangar, along the side road here. We've got different things planned. We've got the Kona ice truck rolling in. We're going to have free food. We're going to have uh, a rock wall. We're going to have uh, bungee trampoline thingies. I don't even know what to call them. But trust me, you're going to want to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's from 6 to 8 p.m. next week. Don't miss it. I promise you, you're going to want to be here. We'll have some giveaways. We'll be doing some, some different things like that. So bring your friends, bring your enemies, bring everybody. It's going to be a great time. Uh, I promise you that. Make sure that you're coming out. And also, uh, camp is like less than three weeks away, guys. Two and a half weeks before we leave for camp, which is insane to think about. But if you haven't registered for camp, you can still do so. Registration is still open for the time being. Um, we're excited about what God's going to do there. All right. With this being our last Wednesday night of the school year, um, we're gonna, I want to bring a message to you guys that hopefully will apply to each of you, but you'll notice in the title of it, it's a message for each class. Now, we have people that are freshmen in here, we have people that are seniors in here and everything in between. We even have some people that are done with school at this point. And I just want to encourage you, no matter where you fall in that classification, all of these points will apply to you. All right? Don't think like, oh, I don't have to listen until I'm talking about the juniors. Right? That's not the case. All of them will apply to you wherever you are in your stage of life. It's just that it might be more important in this moment because you're a sophomore, because you're a junior. But I feel like if we're open to ourselves and we open up our ears, open up our hearts, God will challenge each and every one of us with all of these points. Yes, sir. So have... There's always that one kid, and that's him. No, uh, so this is like where you are right now. Not, we haven't promoted yet. Got it? I'm glad we clarified that in case there's some confusion there. Um, but anyway, so we're moving on now. Uh, so we want to talk about this. We want to understand that this is a parting message as we finish up the school year and as we get ready for summer. Because here's the thing, guys. Listen, our summer this year is going to be 
um, way more active than last summer because last summer we were still in like lockdown shutdown mode where like we had to keep like 12 feet away from each other and like yell at each other through five masks and face shields, right? Like this summer we're engaging. We are doing things where we're talking, we're hanging out, we're doing activities together. There is going to be tons of opportunity for you to connect with one another, but also with myself, our, leaders, our leadership team, whatever that is. We are all going to be working at building relationships with one another and providing opportunities for that. Whether that be our worship nights on Wednesday nights, our activity nights where we go out into the community and play ultimate frisbee or beach volleyball, like all those things that are going to happen are all for the purpose of building community among us and giving opportunities to build a community with each other, all right? But as we talk through this, as we get into summer, here's what I want you to understand, and here's my challenge to each and every one of us, is that we won't go into cruise control this summer. Sometimes it's real easy for us. When we get to summer, we're done with school, we kind of go into like lazy mode, you know what I'm talking about, like where you find yourself like two weeks into summer, I've used this illustration like all the time, and you find yourself two weeks into summer, and you're sitting on the couch at like 10.30 in the morning eating a cold Pop-Tart watching Price is Right, and you're like, what, why am I not in school? Like, I, I kind of miss it. Like, it's real easy to get into that mode during the summer, but my challenge to each and every one of us is that this summer will be a summer of growth a summer of purpose, and a summer of intentionality in the way that we pursue Jesus, in the way that we build community, the way that we take these next steps as a ministry and as individuals, all right? So that is my challenge to us, and as we get into this message, hopefully each one of you will be challenged by each point. Uh, but first, I want to start with the freshmen in the room, all right? The freshmen that are in here or that are watching online, I need you to understand that you guys did it. You survived, you made it through your freshman year. Um, you didn't get hung by the flagpole by your toenails, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, your underwear did not get put on display at some place in the school. Like all those like things like before the first day of school that you're like scared to death of didn't happen. And you made it through. You survived. Um, and I remember my freshman year. It was a crazy year because my sister was a senior my freshman year. So she was a senior. I was a freshman. But I played football. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a really big guy. Um, and football was my sport. Like, that was my jam. Like, that's what I love to do. That's what I excelled at. Um, and so as a freshman, I was one of the few freshmen that was called up to practice with the JV and varsity squad. Like, so I didn't necessarily play with the varsity all the time. I got called up for a game or two. But, like, I was practicing with all the older guys, uh, mainly because I was, like, twice the size of every other freshman on the team. And they didn't want me, like, breaking someone in half, right? And so I'm there. I'm practicing with all of my sister's friends. Like, her senior year, I'm a freshman. And, like, I get to know all of the guys on the football team, all the senior guys. Like, they, they like, take me under their wing. They kind of, like, adopt me as their little brother. And it drove my sister nuts. So, like, one day I come home from football practice. And, like, you could tell she's just upset, right? She's angry. And she, she sits down, like, across the couch from me. And she goes, Daryl, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, what's up? And she has like this like super serious look on her face. So I'm thinking she's going to tell us like our dog died or like grandpa's sick or like all these kind of stuff. And she leans in. And my sister, for, let me give you, like my sister's five foot ten, blonde hair, blue eyes. She's an athlete. She was a track athlete in college. Like she's an intimidating woman. Like, and she sits down and she leans in and she goes to me, if you think I'm going to let you go to my senior prom... <laughs> 
you got another thing coming. I will kill you <laughs> before I let that happen. Because like she saw like I was becoming friends with all these guys and, and they thought like that would turn into like where I'm like hanging out with them all the time and then like I'd get invited to the senior prom by someone else. And then I found out later that she like went into the girls' locker room at one point like during like class and was like, if any of you think about inviting my brother to senior prom, I will kill you. And, and like, I, she was dead serious, too. Like, she did not want me to be a part of it. But, like, my freshman year was a little weird because of that dynamic, right? I had these things. And I remember my freshman year being a year of chaos and being a year where, like, I had new freedoms that I never had before, but I also had new challenges that I never had before. And, guys, listen, I've been in student ministry long enough to know that, like, your freshman year is where you, you start to make some crazy decisions where you have to start deciding certain things, and like it only increases in, when you get to be a sophomore. So like this summer, between your freshman and sophomore year, is a year where you're going to make decisions that will set course for the rest of your life. I could, I could parade, after 15 years of full-time student ministry, I could parade student after student in front of you that made wise decisions that, but the summer between their freshman and sophomore year, and their life was put on a great path. And they continued to pursue Jesus. They continued to do things the right way. And, like, and they, they're now married, and they have kids, and like their life is in a good spot because of decisions they made as they were finishing their freshman year. But on the flip side of that, I can also parade in front of you student after student after student over 15 plus years of student ministry that made poor decisions that summer. And their lives were set on different tracks. You see, guys, no matter where you are in this life, I need you to understand that you are at a pivot point in your life. And my challenge to you is this, is that you need to be influenced by what is right. If you're filling in the blanks, that's, your first, that's, that's the key thing. Like, I need you to hear that. Be influenced by what is right. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by being influenced by what is right? Fix your eyes on Christ. Like, fix your eyes on the things of Jesus. Fix your eyes on God and continue to pursue him. I want to draw your attention to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians Chapter number 10, verse number 13, it says this. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But, what with, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Listen, freshmen, the temptations are about to get even stronger. The struggles are going to be, get even harder. And I'm telling you, you got to focus your eyes. you got to set your eyes on what is right. you got to become influenced by what is right. you got to let God's word guide you. you got to let Christian friends come alongside you and encourage you and challenge you to live life the right way. You've got to stay plugged in. you got to stay connected so that you're in a place where you can make the right decision, so that you're being influenced by God rather than the world. Because, guys, listen, I'm telling you, it's going to get harder. You might think, oh, I survived my freshman year. No, well, listen, freshman year is just scratching the surface. I'm telling you, lock in. 
get yourself locked in. Be influenced by what is right. Pursue God. Know that temptation is coming. But here's the thing. Remember, it says there in verse 13, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Yes, temptations are going to come. And there might be times where you, where you struggle in those temptations. But I'm telling you, God has given you a way out. He will not allow something into your life that you can't, like, overcome with his strength because you have him in your corner remember we talked about that last week like god is in your corner the creator of the universe the one who spoke everything into existence is on your side and you have that power from him to overcome those temptations but here's the thing be influenced by what is right let's be the influencers rather than the influenced Let's be the ones that are living our lives for Christ, that we're being influenced by God so that we can influence others. This summer is a summer where you make those decisions. This summer is a summer where you decide, who am I going to live for? Who am I going to be influenced by? Be influenced by what is right. Sophomores, man, you made it. Life is getting more and more real. Like, you're no longer a freshman, you're not quite an upperclassman, but the reality of the world is starting to set in. You're starting to get those letters from colleges, you're starting to get, like, the, the recruiting mail of, like, hey, have you considered going here? Have you considered doing this? And, like, everybody starts asking you, like, hey, what are your plans after high school? Like, that's the sophomore year, like, chaos that ensues, right? And I remember my sophomore year um, because my sister was finally gone. And I was able to, like, make a name for myself. See, my sister was an all-state athlete. She was a school record holder in the high jump. Like, everybody knew Suzanne Nelson. And I can't tell you how many times I'd walk into a classroom, and they'd be like, oh, you're Suzanne's brother. And I just wanted to punch the teacher in the face. Anybody have an older sibling that they, that's what they get all the time? Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? Like, it, it, it's one of the most annoying things. But my sophomore year was the year where I got to make a name for myself. Where I, where I had more success on the football field, I started to, to develop as an individual. I made a name for me. But here's the thing. My challenge to you guys is this, is that you need to know who you are. Sophomores, life is getting real. Decisions are going to be made here real soon, if not already. You need to know who you are. You need to know who your identity is. There's this Christian speaker, um, he, he was born, he's got like no legs, right? And he's got no arms, and he's, and he's a speaker. His name is Nick, I forget how to say his last name. Anybody remember? It's like Vujicic or something like that, it's like close, close enough, right? But anyway, he's got this quote. Um, I heard him speak at an event, and he has this quote, and he says this, if you don't know who you are, you are more disabled than me. And this is a guy without any legs and any arms, He's saying, if you don't know what your identity is, if you don't know who you are, you're more disabled than me. I remember hearing that going, whoa. Like, do I really know who I am? Like, do I know what my identity lies in? Do I know what, what God wants from me? And here's my challenge to you guys, sophomores and everybody else in the room, listen very carefully. Like, now is the time to decide. Because the decisions you make now are going to dictate the next 20, 40, 60 years of your life. 
I remember my sophomore year making decisions that in hindsight I look back and I go, why did I do that? It put me in a bad spot. It put me in a place where I was, I was struggling. You need to have your identity in Christ. You need to be, know that your identity is found in him, that you are his creation, that you are loved, that you are cared for, and nothing else matters. Nothing else. The, the approval of everybody else in the world is second, if not third or fourth, to God's approval. In Galatians chapter 1, verse number 10, it says this, for I am now seeking the approval, for am I now seeking approval of man or of God? Or am I, just, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So I ask you that question. Who are you trying to please? Who do you find your identity in? Is it the approval of God or the approval of your peers? Do you get more excited by like getting more likes on an Instagram post or getting more follows or, or the pat on the back from your friends? Or do you get excited when you learn something new from God's word because God taught you it? Where do you seek approval from? Like, are, are, you, are you pursuing God or are you pursuing the approval of man? Psalm chapter 18 says it this way in verse number 30 through 32. This God is... His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge, in, <clears throat> take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is the rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. Guys, listen, you need to understand that when you find your identity in Christ, he's going to guide you, he's going to protect you, he's going to lead you, he's going to guide you and, and take you where he wants you because your identity will be found in him. And his way is perfect. Can I say that again? Like God's way in your life, his plan for you is perfect. The only time imperfections come into it is when we try to assert our own ways. And we throw wrenches in gears. I'm telling you, our lives would be so much easier if we would just pursue God and trust him. Let him guide us. Let, us. let him lead us. Know that our identity is found in him, that we have no one to please but the creator of the universe. It changes things. It, it shifts the, your perspective on things. So my challenge, again, to the sophomores and everybody else in here, know who you are. Know your identity. Know where your worth is coming from. Juniors, you're almost there. You're almost a senior. You're almost to like the pinnacle of your high school career. You're almost there. You're like a year away from like throwing up the deuces as you're walking out the door and never looking back. But you got one more year. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. Guys, listen, I'm telling you, the world is waiting for you and everybody else is watching you. Those of you that are juniors, you're getting ready to be seniors, can I tell you that the underclassmen in this room are watching your moves. They're watching what you're doing. They're watching your leadership. They're watching what, what you're involving yourself in. We have a huge eighth grade class coming in next year. Like it is a giant class of, of eighth grade students that are going to be freshmen next year. And guys, can I tell you that the moment they walk through the door, they're going to be looking at the upperclassmen going, how we do things. 
So here's my challenge to you guys. Those of you that are going to be seniors, lead by your example. Lead by your example. The underclassmen are watching. You have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to set the culture, to set the bar, if you would, to like, hey, this is how we do things. This is how we pursue things. This is what, how we are, get excited about the things of God. This is how we, how, how we worship with energy and with excitement. You have an opportunity to set a culture, to change a culture. You want God to move through your peers and through your church and through the students and through your school? Do something about it. Stop sitting around and waiting for somebody else to make a move. Do something about it. Apathy doesn't get you anywhere. Like sitting around and waiting for someone else to do it is not going to change culture. Lead by your example. Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 20 and 21 says this, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Here's what I need you to understand from that passage is this, and there are people speaking into your life right now. I'm one of them. Your small group leaders are, one of the, are some of them. Other adults, other peers of you are speaking wisdom in your life. Are you listening to it? Are you listening to it? Are you applying it to your life? Are you allowing it to guide you? Are you allowing it to, to, to lead you to be better, to do things different? Or are you just in autopilot? Are you just kind of going through the motions of life because you've gotten this far and I've only got another year left? So why bother? I'll tell you why. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of teenagers in this area that know nothing of Jesus. And when you set the culture, and when you set the bar, and you get, you, you get a revival started, and you see people falling in love with Jesus, guys, listen, people are going to notice. And when you lead by your example, and you accept that wisdom, and it sets you up for the future, and God's purpose will stand, and those things will succeed because you're trusting in him, and you're following him, and you're applying that godly wisdom to your life. But it's one thing to hear it, it's another thing to apply it. So what are you doing about it? First Timothy 4.12, one of my like one of like the stereotypical youth group like theme verses. When I was at church in Alaska, like we had this painted on our wall. Um, and it, it's the first Timothy 4.12. Timothy was a young pastor, all right, and, and Paul's writing to him to encourage him. And he says this in verse number 12 of chapter 4 in First Timothy: let no one despise you for your youth. But, but, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Juniors, are you an example? Are the people around you learning what it means? To live a life that honors God, to love others, to love God, to have faith, to live a life that's set apart, a life of purity, 
a life of righteousness? Are you making that, that part of your life? Are you living differently? Are you openly living differently? And this isn't just go for the juniors, guys. Listen, again, this, this is for everybody in the room. I need you to hear this. We need to live different. We need to be an example and lead by our example so that people can see Jesus in us. Set the pace. Set the bar. Be the example. Seniors, this week or last week or sometime in the near future, you get to walk across the stage, get your diploma, and your high school career, as you know, it is over. You're getting ready to take a jump. Like, you're getting ready to go into that next stage of life. Like, you're standing at a cliff, and like, this is high school behind you, and you're like, I got to take that jump. Like, you can only stay here for so long. And the moment you take that step off that cliff, your life changes. You're no longer a student that's a minor. You're now an adult with responsibilities. You're no longer someone who who can kind of just skate through life. Life is about to change if it hasn't already. Your life is going to be different And here's my challenge to you. Seniors, listen very carefully. And again, everybody else in the room too. Trust God from the jump. Here's what I mean by that. It doesn't mean like just trust God when things go poorly. Or trust God when things are going really well. Because here's the thing. like It's real easy to trust God when things are pretty easy. It's real easy to trust God when, when things are happening that, that just require very little work. And sometimes it's even easier to trust God when you got nothing else, like when there's no other option. Like when you're at the bottom of the bottom, it's, it's sometimes easier to trust God because you got nothing else to go to. But what about everything in between? That's why I say trust God from the jump. From the moment you take that step, trust him. Know that he's got your back. Know that he's there with you. I love the verse in Isaiah 41. It says this in in verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. There's two things in that verse that I, I need to point out. First off, the first part where it says, for I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I think it's important that we understand the significance of that. It doesn't say just I hold his hand. It says, I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. 99.9% of the world does things with their right hand. The occasional weirdo is a lefty. If you're a lefty, I'm sorry. I'll pray for you. The world's not designed for you. I see it. It's fine. <laughs> All right? But here's the thing. When, God's, when he says, I, the Lord your God, hold you by your right hand, what he's saying is, listen, I will guide you in everything that you do. Everything you write, every bit of work that you do, every bit of labor that you're taking part in, I'm here. 
I'm guiding you. If you just trust me, I will lead you in everything. If you just trust me, I will guide your steps. And then the second half of that verse, it says, it is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. Not only does he have your right hand and he's guiding you, he's going to help you. One of my like, greatest like, periods of spiritual growth was when my kids were little. Because I truly got to see God's relationship with me through my relationship with my kids. Like when my son, Gavin, who's going to be a freshman next year, uh, when he was a toddler, he had the world's largest head. You can tell him I said that too. It's fine. He knows it. He looked like a blow pop. You know what I'm talking about? Like just like real skinny, big old head. It was just like, and like he would get, like when he was learning to walk, he would get like top heavy. Like if he leaned over too far, he'd be like, and he'd just face plant on the ground, right? And, and I remember like as he got through this, like I would help him walk and like I'd grab his hand and we'd walk. And he wanted to walk all the time, even though it would take us like five times as long to get somewhere because he, but he would walk, he'd grab my hand and he'd walk and I would help him. If I felt him start to like tip, what do I do? I'd like pull him back. <laughs> I'd like center his head, like get his center of gravity back to where it's supposed to belong, right? And like if, if he wanted to do something, I would help him. If his shoe came off, I would help him put it back on. If he wanted to eat and he was struggling with whatever he was trying to eat, I would help him. Guys, listen, the God of the universe, the creator of everything that we see, everything we touch, everything we feel, everything we smell, like all of those things, he spoke it into existence. That God, that same God, is holding your hand and helping you through life. Seniors, trust him. He's trustworthy. He's able to be trusted in the midst of everything you're going through. No matter what, trust him from the jump. Philippians chapter 4, you guys probably know it if you've been in church for any amount of time, but it says this in chapter 4, verse, verses 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Seniors, as you take this step into the unknown, as you take this step into things that you've never experienced before, I want to challenge you to know and remember and reflect on the fact that you've got the God of the universe in your corner and there's nothing to worry about. There's no reason to be anxious because the God of the universe is in your corner. And when we pray to him, he hears us. When we pray to him, he, he offers us peace. He offers us understanding that doesn't make sense. I remember hearing that as a kid, and I never really understood what it meant. When the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Like, I never understood that phrase. And it probably wasn't until I was a freshman in high school when I saw the peace of God come over my, my grandfather's life. I've shared before, my grandfather and I were really close. He grew up, I grew up in the same town. He was like a second father to me, and he got really sick with cancer when I was a freshman in high school. And he was not a Christian at the time, 
And I remember he, 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 we, he was in the hospital. I think I shared this story just a couple months ago. And, and he asked us to get the pastor to come visit. And my, my grandfather was a big burly guy. He was a police officer for years, this big old beard and like, just like a man's man, right? And, and I saw the fear in his eyes as he laid in that hospital bed, knowing that death was coming. It was inoperable cancer. They couldn't do anything about it. And I saw that fear. I saw that struggle. And my pastor came and, and shared the gospel with my, my grandfather. And for the first time, my grandfather responded and asked Jesus Christ into his life and asked him to forgive him of his sins and, and made him Lord of his life right there on his deathbed. And guys, can I tell you that it was almost instantaneous that fear and that uncertainty in my grandfather's eyes was gone. It was a peace that passes all understanding. Knowing that God was in his corner, that God had him, that God's arms were wrapped around him in that moment, gave him what he needed. He died just a few days later, but never once was anxious about it again. So I don't know where you are, seniors and everybody else in the room. Listen, there's going to be some scary stuff coming up. There's going to be some things that you're uncertain of. There's going to be some things that, that maybe scare the living daylights out of you. But God's got you. And in those anxious moments, in those scary times, just pray. I know that sounds like super cliche and very churchy to say, but God's word is, says he's faithful to hear our prayers. And his peace, when we go to him with these things, will guard your hearts and your mind. So seniors, we'll miss you. We really will. But please know that God's got you. And if there's anything I could tell you is this, outside of trusting God from the jump, I would just ask you that you, you pursue Jesus in everything that you do. If you're going away to college, find a church. If you need help finding a church, let me know. I will call around and find a solid church for you to get plugged into. If you're staying here, man, please stay plugged in. Get involved in our college ministry here. Get involved with Kaleo. Get involved with, with Tim Dix and his group of small groups and all these things that they do for the college-age students here at Cross Life. Like, plug in. If you're going away in the military, like I know some of you are, like, find the chaplain. Get plugged in. Find other believers and connect with them so that you can have that accountability, you can have that discipleship. Because that's how life will, will help you. That's how, how God will, will come alongside you and encourage you and challenge you and give you the strength to do what you need to do. Each one of us in this room, guys, listen, we're hitting a pivot point as we, as we get to summer. We're all getting ready to transition, step into new phases of life, whether it be freshmen becoming sophomores, sophomores becoming juniors, juniors becoming seniors, and seniors becoming full-blown adults. <laughs> I want to challenge each and every one of us to prepare. Be ready. Seniors, man, we're going to miss you. We're going to be praying for you. We challenge you to, to do what you need to do and live for God. Everybody else in the room that's not a senior, which is a majority of you, buckle up. Get ready. Because God's getting ready to do something. I'm just telling you, like, 
we're making plans for this summer and for next school year, and we're going to push you guys outside of your comfort zones a little bit. We're going to ask you to do some things that are a little bold, things that might, like, stretch you, but get ready. Because when we do those things, God's going to do some great things. God's going to honor that, and we're going to get to work. We're going to reach our community. We're going to serve our community. We're going to love our schools well. We're going to um, represent Christ in all that we do in every place that we go so that we can see God move in a mighty way. Let's get to work. It's enough sitting on the sidelines. It's enough of us just kind of watching the world work around us while we just kind of skate by. It's time that we start taking these lives that these balls over here represent. We take that serious. And we do everything we can to point people towards Jesus in that. We do everything we can to point people towards the Savior, towards that salvation that he offers time we get to work. And it starts next week. I know it's, we're like, it's a summer kickoff. Yeah, okay. But you have people in your life that maybe won't come to a church service with you, but they'll come to a free cookout where there's going to be free food and a rock climbing wall and Kona ice. Like you guys all know people that might come to that. Let's start there. Let's start there. Let's reach out to them. Let's pack it out. Let's, let's start the process of being public with our faith and start the process of reaching the people around us for Jesus. Seniors, keep doing it wherever you go, but everybody else, man, we're not done here. We've got a lot of work to do. We've got a culture to set. We've got a, a, a lot of things that we've got to put in place so that we can best serve the creator of the universe. As the band comes on up and we get ready to close out our night with some worship, um, here's my challenge to each and every one of us. I want all of us to examine our hearts, examine our lives, examine your motives. Like, why are you here? Are you here simply because your parents made you be here? All right, that's fine. Like, I get that. Some of you guys live in that world. Maybe you're here because you truly want to be here. You want to worship, you want to learn, you want to grow. Maybe you're just here because it's what you do on a Wednesday night. And you're just kind of coasting. My challenge to each and every one of us not just these things, these statements that we've made already and the idea of being influenced by what is right and knowing who you are and leading by your example and trusting God from the jump, not just those things, but it's time that we all examine our hearts and our motives and we decide if we're in or not. Are we all in on this Jesus thing? Are we all in on this church thing? Are we all in on seeing our friends come to know Jesus? 
So here's how we're gonna do this as the band plays here in just a few seconds. I wanna challenge us to take a step of faith. To take that step and publicly acknowledge your commitment to getting to work. To doing what God has called you to do. We're gonna do that but as the band starts playing and when they start singing, to come forward. It's not like something magical that you come forward and all of a sudden like the angels are gonna come and like sit on your shoulder and like give you the power and the boldness. No, what this is, this is an act of obedience and an act of outwardly saying, keep me accountable in this. I wanna live differently. I wanna pursue God. I wanna live for him so that other people can see him. This summer is a summer where we prepare and where we equip and we start the process of reaching our community for Jesus. So you come forward, you kneel, you pray. You don't even have to kneel. You can just come forward and pray as we sing. Then I challenge us just to come and stand together and stay up here together as we sing and as we worship and as we close out the night. so that we know that we've got each other's backs. We know that we're here for one another. You see, guys, as, as when we take this step forward, you can look from side to side and see who's in your corner. See who's willing to help, who's willing to do what it takes. Those are the people you can lean on when it gets hard. Those are the people you can trust. Those are the people that you can encourage and be encouraged by. So let's stand to our feet. I want to pray for us, and then the altar will be open, and then we'll worship and close out our night. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for these students. I thank you for, Lord, just their commitment to being here tonight. God, I pray that you would honor that. Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work in them, Lord, that you would use them in a mighty, mighty way. Lord, I pray that we would be influenced by what is right. Lord, that we would uh, just know who we are in you, that our identity would be based on you. Lord, that we would, we would trust you from the jump, Lord, that we would know that you have got us, that you are faithful. God, I pray that we would lead by our example in all that we do. God, we commit this time to you right now. We commit this time of worship to you. We commit this time of response to you, Lord. I pray that if there's one in this room, Lord, that, that wants this, that wants to be a part of this movement, that wants to be a part of this work, Lord, that they would not have fear and they would step forward, that they wouldn't think about what their neighbors are thinking or, or what they might say, Lord, but that they would seek your approval and no one else's. Lord, allow us to come boldly to you. Allow us to worship you with our hearts in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together, guys. The altar is open.